0: Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Well, uh, while you're continuing to log on, let me give you a couple of announcements. We will be in the theater next Sunday. Usually we're in theater first Sundays of the month, but because today is... Um, New Year's Day. Uh, Hey, Ed, in Knoxville, Happy New Year. Uh, We decided to put it off a week. So next Sunday, January 8th at 11 a.m., we will be at Landmarks Midtown Art Cinema. Uh, Johnny Almanza, the cello player that I met. Hey, Kathy, Happy New Year. Hey, Kathy, I love what you uh, wrote about listening to my 1111s while you're... um, Uh, rowing or working out that was cool i hope hope that goes well for you uh hey beth happy new year um so i'm i'm hoping uh i will see hey vicky happy new year i'm hoping i will see uh all y'all that are in the atlanta area next um sunday uh today of course uh at Judas Church, the movement—they're having a what they're calling a soft opening—and uh, so that's really cool. Uh, believe in good things for them, but we will be in the theater next Sunday, and then our seventeenth. Hey, Courtney! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Vicky! Um, yes, our seventeenth meditation weekend is coming up. What about th- uh three weeks from today is that right we'll be in in uh helen georgia later today i'll put the i'll put it back up on my cover photo and all the information is um will be up there and um i'll probably drive up to helen one day this week and uh hey mary and uh secure a place for us to meet indoors hey wellington hey well I, I love the picture you sent of you and your Puppy, that was cool. Happy New Year to you. Um anyway, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. You know, I love our uh beach meditation weekends that we do in the summertime, but I gotta say, the mountain ones we've done in the in the fall and winter, they've been pretty amazing too. So, um I'm looking forward to seeing those of you who are coming. Looks like a lot of you have never been to Helen before, so I'm happy. I part of um uh What I enjoy about these is introducing you to places that you may not have been before, and that's always very enjoyable. So, um, let's do some affirmations, and then I'm going to get into the Word. I I will say this about last night. Uh, Congratulations to... uh, uh, Georgia, Ken's a big uh, Georgia fan. All of my family went to Georgia Tech, but I can root for. Um, oh, I'm glad you'll love it, John. You'll love Helen. It's very cool. But um, the we were going to go to the parade yesterday because it's right. It's a, a block away, but it was um, it was too rainy. We didn't go. We have gone before, uh, but in, anyway, last night we had early dinner reservations and that was really good, we had a great dinner. But it was early enough that um, I I told Ken, I said, I really would like to go to uh, Ebenezer Baptist's um, watch night service. And so we did, and Ebenezer's only, what, 30 blocks from here? I mean, it's just, it's right down the street. But, um, hey Jason, Happy New Year. But anyway, we, we got there, and it was um, uh, one thing that was cool. Ted Wynn, who used to go to Church of the Now, we've had him at Metron, he's back with his singing partner, Sherry. M- many of you know them as Ted and Sherry. And they were there last night, so that was cool. I hadn't heard Ted live in a long time, so I uh, enjoyed seeing him. Of course, of course Courtney was there. i pl- um, not Courtney. Uh, Corey was there playing the organ. Uh, hey, Ann, down in um, the islands. Happy New Year today. Hey, Howie, Happy New Year. Um, Corey that we just had at our Christmas event, he's uh, the organist there, so got to see him. And uh, it's the first time I've seen... Um, Dr. Warnock in person since he was reelected. Ken was asking me last night, he said, do you know him? I said, yeah, we've, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we've met several times, and uh, when we first met, we kept planning this, uh, going to lunch one day, and we uh, finally never could work it out, and I think he's, he's too busy now, but uh, I've, I've always thought a lot of him, and uh, and that's not a political statement. I mean, I just I think he's just a good man. So um, he had a great sermon, and I'm I'm going to refer to that in my teaching. But so anyway, we were home. The service their watch night. You know, when I used to do watch nights, we brought in the new year, baby. We waited till after midnight. But uh, their theirs was over at uh, around eight thirty. Um, And then we came home and we were um, doing a lot of uh, channel flipping because we were watching, you know, all three of the major networks had their uh, New Year's celebration. So we were flipping back and forth with that. And with ESPN, watching the the Georgia game didn't start till, I think, eight o'clock. Which was fine. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it, it was a cool game. It was um, uh, very close. And one time we switched back over and I said, I said, oh, they've tied up. And like five minutes later, Ken said, oh, they're tied. I said, yeah, that's what I said five minutes ago. What did you think I said? Anyway, uh, so that was all great until we were at the home stretch before. Um, the countdown cuz i have to i mean i always watch that ball drop in um times square and i mean i can't enter the new year without watching that ball drop i mean i got to count down with everybody in times square uh so right at the last it was 41 41 and then um what georgia got another field goal I'm, if i'm saying this wrong somebody correct me So then it was 42-41 and they had about, I don't know, 30 seconds left, which they had to hold the other team. So we're getting really, really close to the countdown and I know he's wanting to see, y'all have never seen Ken so animated as he is watching a football game. And, uh, so he was like, really into it. And we just, And I know he's wanting to see the end of the game, but I said, Kent, I don't want to turn this off because I know you want to see this live, but I have to watch the, I mean, I got to watch the countdown. Sorry. I mean, I just going to have to. And I said, I'm I'm sure they're going to win. I know you want to see it. I know you want to see it. Um, uh, live, but I'm, i got to watch. So finally, we're... Oh, it's 11:11. 11, 11. Finally, we're... Um, I mean, we're there. I said, I'm sorry. i got to go to uh, ABC. So I get there, and we do the countdown, and Happy New Year, and then turned it back, and just a few seconds later, the clock finally uh, ran down, so they won the game. But it was getting kind of... Uh, it was kind of a power struggle there, right at the end, because I could tell he did not—he did not care about dropping the ball. And I'm like, "Sorry, I mean this could be, you know it's alright. I know it's our eighth wedding anniversary, but this is non-negotiable. I know marriage is about compromise, but I'm watching that ball fall. Anyway, it all worked out. I got the countdown. His team won. It's going to be a good year. Thank you for all of you that. Um, uh, wished us happy, we've been together nearly 11 years, but yesterday was our eighth wedding anniversary, and I really appreciate your uh, good comments, Um, so everything is good, all is well, Um, let's make some affirmations, I am blessed, I am a blessing, I am, I am free, I am freedom, I am I am is the highest affirmation we're going to work up to it. Um, I am peaceful I am peace I am. Um, I am healthy I am health I am I am whole I am wholeness I am. Uh, I am well. I am wellness, I am. Beautiful. And uh, then we're going to add to that some um, uh, breath work. In through the nose, hold it, out through the mouth. Let's go in. Hold. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Breathe in the new year. Hold. With the old. Inhale 2023. Exhale 2022. Beautiful. I speak into this atmosphere and I say, let there be light. So, as I said earlier, uh, last night we went to um, Ebenezer's. um, I'm sure everybody knows this just in case you don't Ebenezer Baptist Church is the historic church where um, both Martin Luther King Sr. and Martin Luther King Jr. were pastors um church has always been very special to me every you know every time i have guests in town show them around atlanta that's usually the first on the list where we go to see dr king's birthplace which is right up the street you can go to the, the historic ebenezer and you go in there and they're playing um on a constant loop they're playing dr king's uh speeches interspersed with Mahalia Jackson singing. It's very. It's like a a time capsule. It's, It's like going back into time. And then the current location that was built in the 90s, beautiful facility. It's across the street. And I've been like I said. I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm close friends with. Pastor, Doctor, Senator Warnock, but I've we've we've been in a lot of events together, and and I've, I've I haven't preached at Ebenezer, but I've uh, participated in in events there. Judah has uh, Debbie did years ago, uh, and um, uh, he's been on the stage when I've been in his pulpit. So, um, and then last night he asked if any clergy were there, and I stood. So, you know, I'm I, I'm assuming he knew who I was. Um, but he had a great sermon and, um, I mean, he's, uh, Hey, happy birthday. Win. um, he's like a very traditional type of Baptist preacher. And, and, and I, you know, I, I love that, uh, preaching style. And I, I posted a little, little section of his sermon. You can see it on my Instagram and on my, um, Uh, Facebook, and it was the part where he's really, he, he, you know, he's really at fever pitch in the sermon, and it was great. I I love that. I've never been able to do that. In my adult life, I've probably preached in more black churches than I have white churches. For whatever reason, I don't know, and um, I didn't plan it that way, it just... Um, I seem to have always been very embraced by the African-American community and still am which is great. I'm happy about I'm, I'm, I wear that as a, a badge of honor but um, uh, when I've preached in you know traditional black churches uh, there's there's certain protocols in a typical, traditional black church where um, You know like the uh, one of the armor bearers will bring you like a little towel on a tray That's for when you really get to preach in and break a sweat and now my dad did that my dad my dad you know And certainly my grandfather did I'm not I'm not a preacher. I've never aspired to be and um so <laughs> over the years, I mean, I appreciated the courtesy, but when they brought me the towel, I would be like, thank you. I mean, I'll take it, but I'm really sure I'm not going to break a sweat, but but thank you. I mean, I'm, I may need it. And uh, then the other thing that I love, I can't do it, but, um, you know, when you've got a really good organist who um, can work with the with the preacher and when he gets to a part where he's there's call and response going on in the organ that's when you know it's about to go down you know when the organist comes over and and then little by little the band comes over and they start you can tell like oh we're about to we're about to have church in here and i always love that but when i've got when i've preached in church black churches and i get to sort of you know in my flow and sometimes the organists will uh (laughs) yeah well white white ebony white churches bring you water too but yeah but i mean i grew up with pentecostal preaching loud screaming and holler preaching but it's a little a little different shade in in black churches typically i know i'm generalizing but i've been in a lot of churches in my life so uh anyway um Like when the organist would come over and start, you know, like giving exclamations to my points, I would always have to say, oh... You know, you're an incredible keyboard player, but I don't do that. It's gonna, I don't wanna say I'm ADD, but that's really gonna, that's gonna break, because I'm gonna start listening to you playing. I don't, it doesn't work with me to have an organist backing me up. I'm gonna, I'll forget what I'm saying and start listening to this incredible band that can play in any key. Um, That's another thing, and here's more generalization. One thing i always loved like if you're in a really good black church has got a, a you know a good band and if you're going to sing most times they wouldn't ask you once in a while you see white people do this but not like in black church The nobody ever says what key do you want it in? You just start singing and they find you. They can find you in any key. That's incredible. I was always, and I always marvel at that ability so much that it's distracting for me when they're doing it while I'm speaking. Some of you white people have never been to a traditional black church, have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, his sermon last night was really good, and he, he preached out of Numbers chapter six. It was it was first the first part of uh, his sermon that he was going to finish today at, at Ebenezer. And um, it's the it's the blessing. I mean, most people have uh, are familiar with it. It's uh, Numbers chapter six uh, verse. Um, 24, 25, 26. Thank you, Apostle. I appreciate that. And I've all look, I always had great response. Believe me. Uh, when I've preached in black churches, everybody just it, it was wonderful. I had so much favor, and everybody was fine with my style. But yes, I agree with you. You have to, you have to be you. By the way, happy anniversary, Roz and Freddie. Uh, I married Ros and Freddy on, on Chris, on New Year's Day. How many years ago is it now? And it was really cold. That's all I'm going to say. It was very cold on that beach that day, but happy anniversary. Anyway. Um, so he went through, it was just a very basic outline, um, And, you know, number six blessing, for some reason, I never used it that much. I always ended my services with Deuteronomy 28, which was, you'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in the basket, blessed in the store, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Your enemies will come up before you one way and flee before you seven, five years. All right. Well, happy anniversary. Thanks for it. uh, your enemies will come up before you when way and flee before you seven. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. But the, the Numbers 6 blessing, it's when Moses tells... Um, uh, no, it's when God tells Moses how to bless the sons of Aaron. And... Um, The three verses is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And it was a very, it wasn't like there was any profound revelation in it. Nothing that I didn't know, but I, I really enjoyed the sermon. For one thing, I rarely ever listen to any... There's there's so few people I could even sit and listen to at this point that it, it makes it virtually impossible for me to go to church anywhere. Uh, and it's not that I'm trying to be critical. It's just I've been doing this a long time, and there's so much m- manipulation and preaching, and, you know, I it's, it's just not... And I hear people say things that I know that's not what the Bible actually says. That it's just easier for me to avoid it. But last night, it was just good. It was he just had a basic three-point outline about what it means—the idea of benediction, uh, the Lord bless you, and what it means to be kept by the Lord and having His face shine upon you. And it was—he was talking about verbal blessings and how important they are. It was no big grandiose prophetic word for the new year it was just a year has ended and I'm speaking a blessing over you for the new year and I got to tell you I really appreciated it I really felt blessed and just listening to he is very artful in his preaching style how he you know really used it for dramatic effect and it was it was a great sermon the actual verses are just, you know, they're kind of just positive affirmations. And uh, but listening to it, I was because I, I so rarely get to ever hear any preaching that I can even stomach. Uh, I was listening to that and I thought, you know, really, this feels really good to have these words spoken over me. I feel washed by this word, I feel the blessing. This is a man uh, that I admire and in a church that I virtually consider holy ground and it's a very, this is this is something that I really, this is very meaningful to me uh, for a new year. And um, I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed that it was a short service and I didn't feel worn out when I left. It was just like, this is, this, I'm so happy. I'm so happy I followed my instincts and went because I really, just really loved it. And, um... And, you know, it got me thinking even this morning about there's so much, especially in the Old Testament, about um, agreed, apostle, absolutely. Uh, and I was thinking this morning about, um, you know, so many stories like, um, you know, the, the Bible was written by men, two men, so it's. It's the bloodline through the patriarchy. And uh, so it's Abraham, Beget, Isaac, Isaac, Beget, Jacob, Jacob, Beget, the 12 tribes and all that. And uh, um, yeah, I know it can last hours cause mine used to. <laughs> That's what I thought you were supposed to do. I thought you were supposed to usher in the new year. I, I actually liked this last night. Like, this is good. You can just go get a good word and then go home. Uh, But anyway, um, uh, there's the story in Genesis about, because especially under the Old Covenant, there was something really um, special and unique about a father speaking a blessing over, particularly the firstborn son. Uh, The ones down the line. Just you know, too bad, so sad. And women, women didn't even you know there was no blessing for women. <laughs> uh, it's too bad. That's why. That's why the God I know now is genderless. And it, it may bother some people that when I refer to God, I say He, She, It. But I just think that's very important because women were, you know, women were just left out of the blessing altogether. Um, But again, ancient texts were written before women were even allowed to be... um, uh, Yes, exactly, Doug. Um, You know, women were just... Well, they weren't even on the radar screen. And um, so that's why I... You know, I believe Jesus was a feminist, and I think he empowered women. Paul, not so much, but Jesus definitely did. And I'm fine with they, Leslie. That's not that. Actually, the concept of the Elohim is they. Let us make man in our image, and let them have dominion. So, uh, I have no problem with God being they. That's that's what Elohim actually means. So, anyway. Um, But in the Genesis story, Isaac's about to die and, you know, he's blind. So he says to his older son, Esau, you know, Jacob and Esau were twins and they come out of the womb and Jacob is holding Esau's heel. That's why the, the word Jacob means supplanter, the one who takes by the heel. And I don't know that this is always true, but many times the way you're born seems to become the template for your life. Um, You know, I was born breach without a C-section, just about two blocks from here. And it was such an unusual birth that they called in um, a group of medical students from Emory to observe my birth. So I was born coming into the world backwards, doing everything the wrong way, defying Uh, Norms, because typically breech births come by C-section, but mine wasn't. So I wasn't just born feet first, I was born foot first in front of an audience. So I was born to do the, um, see? I'm setting off alarms right now. Uh, I was born to do um, unconventional things in front of an audience. And anytime I build an audience, my my birthright takes me out of it and puts me in a larger audience. <laughs> so, anyway, um, and that's that may not be true for everybody, but sometimes it is. In Jacob's case, it was definitely true. So, um, Isaac says to Esau, I'm about to die. I want to give you, um, uh, I want to give you the blessing. But before I do, cause Esau was a hunter, Jacob wasn't. And, uh, he said, I want you to go kill some game and fix dinner for me. And I'm going to eat one last supper and then I'm going to pronounce the blessing on you. And apparently, uh, there was this thing about even that, you know, even in, um, the New Testament, even in John, it talks about the man who opens the womb is blessed. And, you know, I have I have two firstborn sons, even though I know this is a very patriarchal idea, but Jared and Judah are both uh, firstborns. But I also know that secondborns sometimes aren't that excited about those. Uh, like, um... Uh, Prince Harry's about to come out with his tell-all autobiography, and it's called Spare because he was always, you know, his brother is the heir, but he's the spare. And I, I just watched his, um, uh, the whole series with him and Megan, and I listened to it, and I think a lot of it is true. I don't doubt that uh, she dealt with some racism. I'm not defying that at all. I will also say, that they seem very bonded over a sense of grievance. I I believe a lot of what they said in it, and a lot of it, I'm like, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that could be taken that way. And I'm only saying that because sometimes if you read too much into something, then it takes away the power from something that actually is racist or sexist or whatever. That's just my personal thing. I don't want to argue with you about it. But the idea is, secondborns like Jacob sometimes have an attitude with firstborns especially in bible days and even now with monarchies you know it's the it's even the firstborn Elizabeth II became queen because she was the firstborn of her and her sister so um i don't understand all the, i'm an only child so i don't understand all the dynamics of sibling rivalry but anyway um so Rebecca was more partial to Jacob. So Esau goes off to hunt, and uh, Rebecca says, "Listen, I overheard your dad say that he was going to give the blessing. Apparently, once the blessing had been given, you couldn't you couldn't take it back, and you couldn't share it." Now, interestingly, when Jacob died, he actually did bless all of his twelve sons and named them all by name. So I don't know what that was about. Anyway. Um, apparently with Isaac and Jacob, it was really important. So, you know how Jacob's blind. So, um, and Esau was very hairy. And so, uh, they take some animal skins and they put them on. Um, Jacob's arms so that Isaac can feel of him and make sure it's Esau. And Rebecca, uh, she makes some dinner that's not really venison, but apparently Isaac can't tell the difference. And um, so Isaac gives the blessing to Jacob, and when Esau comes back, he freaks out about it. And then there's um, then there's another story in Genesis about when Jacob, because he understood the power of the blessing, when he becomes uh, when he's older, he wrestles with the angel, and uh, he says, "I'm not going to let you go until you bless me." So there's all there's so much, um, especially in the Old Testament, about verbal blessings that a blessing had to be pronounced, and I think. I think there's still something to that. I mean, most of the counseling I've done through 51 years of ministry is, is hearing adults try to work out situations from their childhood, most of which came from them having a lack of verbal affirmation. That's an oversimplification, but you'd be surprised how many times I could trace back the root of their problem because they'd gone through life, just not feeling blessed. Um, low self-esteem or feeling rejection. Uh, it's a very dangerous thing. Um, yeah, I'm getting to that. Leslie don't get ahead of me, (laughs) but, uh, you know, every just nearly every time there's been one of these, especially a school shooting, one of these mass shootings, but especially the ones in school, in schools, um, I hear this every time when they, in after the carnage, they interview um, uh, people who were in the classroom who survived. And you will nearly always hear people say this, like, wow, we're so shocked that this guy shot 14 people. We never even knew he was there. We never even saw him in class. We never even spoke to him. He was so quiet and unassuming, we didn't even know his name. And I think, yeah, well, that may be why he ended up killing several of y'all, you know, because people need attention and they need affirmation. They need to not feel rejected. And that's why, especially when I pastored and we had a lot of teenagers in the church. Now, once the church got to mega church status, I couldn't keep up with everybody. But um, I, I would always, tr- I didn't always do a great job at it, but I would always try to Remember, especially kids' names and speak to them and affirm them, especially if the kid seemed kind of socially awkward because I felt like um, this kid needs to know that an authority figure, perhaps a father figure, knows his name and say, or her name and says his name or says her name. Um, that's very, very important. And... Um, You know, down the line could even save lives. I'm not justifying mass murder. I'm trying to understand. Why there seems to be such a preponderance of people saying we're so shocked? It's never it's never the class clown that comes in and shoots everybody. It's never the one that's got it's never Horshack in the classroom going ooh ooh ooh. It's never the one in the front row. It's always the sulky kid on the back row that nobody speaks to. They're the ones that typically come in with the guns and mow everybody down. And so. It's very important for people to not only know that they're uh, seen, but also that they're blessed. Uh, oh, thank you, Linda. I just saw your Cash App come in. I appreciate that. Hundredfold return to you for the new year. So, like, right outside my building here are people who live on the street. And um, you know they've closed a lot of these shelters around here, and there's there's just no place for them to go. And I mean, right? Right behind me, there's people I've set up pup tents. and I mean, it's an eyesore. I tell you, as a homeowner, I don't like it because it, I'm sure it affects my property values. But I also know, you know, look, there but for the grace of God, I mean, I don't want to be too critical of them, you know, because I, I don't know what their circumstances have been. And my point is, a, a day in the city hardly passes without somebody coming up and asking me for a dollar or for money or saying they're hungry. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's just, it comes with the territory. It's not just Atlanta. I've seen it every big city I've been to, but, um, but it is here. And, and a lot of times you're right, John, it could, um, a lot of times, you know, my sort of, um, the magic word for me is when somebody comes up and they say, "I'm hungry." When somebody says, "I'm," those words, "I'm hungry," then I'm. Yeah, you know, I've. You can't believe how many times I've taken somebody into a grocery store and said, "Get what you need," or or bought their dinner. There's some. Uh, <laughs> I bought enough dinners for homeless people. At, I won't say the name. A favorite restaurant of mine that we'll probably pick up food from today. That when I've gone in to order something, they've actually said to me, "Please tell me you're not order- ordering this for the guys in the parking lot because we've already told them to leave." And I'm like, "Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But it's fine. Just please let me do this." And um, and there's people that make up stories, and I've been taken before. I mean, I, I know all that. My point in saying it though, because a lot of times. I mean, I just either don't have it or can't do it, or I've given enough that day. And you know, you're only human after you've been asked 25 times in a day, you're like, don't anybody else ask me for money. But what I always do is um, if if somebody asks me and I can't do it, I will always make sure I make eye contact with them. And I always say, no, but I can't do it today. And if they press a little bit, I'll say, look, if I had it, I would give it to you. And, you know, I could show my track record. Uh, I've I've told you all this story before. One time, one night, I had gone, uh, I guess Kim was on call or something. I had walked over to Mary Max, which is, I don't know, about a mile from here. And I had dinner, and I was walking back. So a guy walks up to me on the sidewalk, and he says, uh, he says, he asked for money, and I said, uh, uh, I, I, all I have on me is a debit card. So we're passing the gas station, little convenience store on the corner. He said, well, could you go in there and buy me something neat? I said, all right, well, I'll get you a snack. So I walk in there, and I said, get what you need. So he goes, um, he gets nothing extravagant. He gets him a little snack, and then he says can I get a beer? And I said, all right, fine. So then he comes back, he says, can I get some cigarettes? I said, all right, but this is all. So I got him a little something to eat, something to drink, something to smoke. And um, he's, it, he's happy as a lark so i'm i start walking back home and he's still walking with me i mean he's really like a a a spring in his step and i said look this is as far as we go i got you something enjoy but you know i don't need you to accompany me (laughs) and he he got it you know he was thinking we were we were buds all of a sudden i'm like you don't know me like that anyway my point is If somebody asked me, um, (laughs) all right, I'll Venmo you, Terry. Um, but, uh, I always make sure I, I at least speak to them and have a moment of humanity. Um, because that is a fellow human being, um, Anyway, I don't want to get in the weeds about homeless stories because I'd be here all day with that. My point is um, the way people speak to you really does affect your life. Um, You know, I do this. I did some yesterday, and I don't make any apology for it. When somebody writes something to me that's particularly affirming, uh, there's a certain vibration on it that really matters to me. It's not, it's not a compliment that I need. It's the, it's the blessing. It's the letting me know that message really made a difference. Or, you know, a couple of people messaged me. A couple of people sent me an offering, uh, and, and they wrote me, just said, you know, you have no idea how much you've helped me this year. I don't know what I, how I've gotten through some of the things without your messages, and I just want to, you know, send you an offering. And it's not about the money. It's about, wow, that really made me feel blessed because I feel like I was a blessing to someone. And so that's why a lot of times I'll screenshot them and I put them on. I, you know, I, I want to remember them. It's not self-aggrandizement. I, I have a great self-esteem I already love myself but I love the vibration on a blessing and last night as Dr. Warnock was just saying those words I mean I could feel like wow it's, it, it feels really affirming as a human being to be blessed oh wow I wish you could see this beautiful hawk flying overhead he's circling circling around I haven't seen him in a while Happy New Year, Hawk. Um, Anyway, um, in James, he talks about the power of the tongue, and he says, "Out of the south, out of the same mouth, flows blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be." You know, um, now when you hear somebody went off on somebody, you you know, people will say, um, uh, "Wow, they just cussed him out and cuss." is like a it's a colloquialism of the word curse um, like they cursed him and I always think about what is a verbal curse because just because somebody has salty language doesn't necessarily mean they're cursing like there are vulgarities that you can say that have to do with you know people's body parts or you know uh scatological imagery and stuff like that but a curse is saying something like um and pardon me for saying this but it's like saying f you to somebody because what you're saying is i'm i'm cursing you with the idea of sexual assault or to say gd you. what you're saying is i'm 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 in, invoking uh the concept of a higher power damning you or to say to somebody go to hell that that feels like a curse just being nasty isn't i'm not saying it's advisable i'm just saying it's not that's not really cursing um I know I just gave a lot of y'all permission to, <laughs> to swear, but uh, cursing someone is not, or even calling somebody a, an SOB, that's like you're cursing the idea of somebody's mother. You're saying your mother is this. Um, but let me tell you, there's other ways people curse, speak curses over somebody that, has nothing to do with R-rated language. Um, I will say this: I, um, I actually am grateful for a lot of the things that have been said to me over the years, even really horrible things, because I'm I'm so. Um, Inoculated from them now you know what I mean it's like it's like I already had the chicken pox like there's nothing I've had such horrible things said and written to me especially back in the day in church world um just I mean I've had a lot of amazing stuff but man I've had some things said or written to me that uh <laughs> yeah I know Linda um that you know you, it, they're hard to forget um Which is one reason why, um, it's one reason I think people with a healthy self-esteem have to be called in the the ministry or public office, because if you didn't kind of already have a sense of yourself, you would never survive the stuff that people say about you. And this is, I was saying that long before the internet. The internet brings in a whole other, whole other level. I've had so many curses said to me, and such horrible things have happened to the people who've cursed me that it's like, it doesn't even affect me now. I'm like, you, know, you shouldn't have said, you shouldn't have said that. That's going to, that's going to hurt you. Um, but I also like to really talk up the blessing. So this is, this is what I want to leave with you today. These three points, it's important that you bless the new year, of course, but as you enter 2023, make sure number one, That you have a God in your perception who blesses you. She said, What do you mean you have a God? Because let me tell you who God is God is who you perceive that God is. If, you, if if in your head you have a God of judgment, then you're going to live under that cloud of judgment all the time. You're, you have pronounced a curse on yourself by your own God perception. Because we all have different Jesuses. We all have different gods. We all have different Bibles. You say, no, there's only one Bible. I beg to differ with you. Um, you can search through the scriptures and find... Lots of different gods. You can have the merciful God, the just God, the blessing God. I grew up with the God that hated gay people, and I had to learn a whole new God because that other God, that God I grew up with was wearing me out Um, because I was taught that, you know, there's an all-seeing eye that sees every thought that goes through your head. So, you know, I'm like in sixth grade thinking oh that guy's cute the guy across the aisle and immediately like oh no God saw that and I got to go through this whole crazy ritual of repentance and mea culpa and everything And then when I find out like oh that was just my imagination filtered through homophobic preaching and people not understanding the scriptures that wasn't God that was never God God knew exactly who I was going to be before I was born and he's good with it that's why I wouldn't change anything. So um, I live I live with a God who blesses me. The God, in my perception, blesses me. Um, you could say, oh, well, you've just made up a God in your head. Well, let me tell you something. People who say that to me, I wish your God was bringing you a little more joy. Because my God is really, I mean... I really am blessed when I come in, blessed when I go out, but it's my perception. I don't have this idea that I'm alienated from God, nor have I ever been. I don't stand up and sing songs about how I never please him. I all, I, I am the apple of his eye. Uh, I am his beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, or her son, or its son, or their son. Um, Whatever whatever the higher power is, the higher power loves me and blesses me. And out of that perception, I have a wonderful life. So that's the first thing. Get yourself a God who blesses you. A God who says things like, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's the God you need. Secondly... Um, surround yourself with people uh, who bless you. You say, "Well, you're just talking about surrounding yourself with yes men." Yes, I am. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about not having um, checks and balances. I'm not talking about uh, sycophants. You know, I'm not ever telling you the truth. I'm talking about surrounding yourself, being in relationship with people who bless you. If you have a pastor who curses you every Sunday, you're crazy. Yeah, like, what kind of self-loathing do you have that makes you keep crawling back into that place and say, saying, thank you, sir, may I have another? And I, I would furthermore suggest to you that if you've got a pastor that's just damning you all the time, he or she's probably got some internal issues. Methinks they do protest too much. Uh, even the ones that really just are hammering about sin all the time, just wait. Somebody's going to catch them in a motel somewhere with somebody happens all the time. Anyway, um, so, like, for me, um, I, think, I think a relationship can, can survive a lot of things. I've seen relationships survive infidelity, um, just a lot of things. One thing I think you can't survive is when you're linked up with somebody that's cursing you all the time, you can't live like that. I'm telling you, uh, I've heard in counseling, I've heard certain people say, my husband said this, this, this," or my wife said this, and I would think, you know, I'm not encouraging you to leave him or her, that's that's your business. I gotta tell you, if I was married to somebody who said those words to me, I would be like, this ain't gonna work out, that's a deal breaker. Bishop, I thought you were supposed to forgive 70 times seven. I might let you get by with it one time, but if, it's just, if there's a streaming of cursing coming out of you, nobody. I'll be happy and single. I'd rather have something I don't want. I mean, I'd rather want something I don't have than have something I don't want. Um, uh, oh, thank you, Terry. <laughs> uh, you gotta have some friends who affirm you. And let me tell you something else. If you got people in your life that are just passive aggressive with you, Like they they might not come out and just really insult you, but there's just little, you know, mind assaults they do. If I wasn't preaching, I would use a different word. There's just different ways they kind of mind rape you a little bit. And you're not exactly sure. You don't know what, what happened. You can't put your finger quite on it, but you're like, I don't like the energy of what that person said to me get them out of your life bishop aren't we supposed to love everybody yeah love them from afar i look at this point in my life if you can't bless me you got to move on and find somebody else. I'm not, you know. If if I'm gonna pull out a scripture from Paul, I'm gonna say rebuke not an elder, baby. Uh, you know, I'm going on. Uh, I'm I'm virtually retirement age this year, and uh, nah, you can't talk to me that way. Uh uh-uh. uh. There's certain things that people think they can say to me, like oh no. And if you write it to me on Facebook, my block game is strong. I will block you so fast. I got people that have said things to me, and I blocked them, and they'll they'll write to Ken. I'm like, hey, please tell Bishop, I said, Merry Christmas, and Ken will tell me, and I'll, I'll be like, fine. They're still blocked because they hadn't owned what they said to me, and it's not a matter of me forgiving them or not forgiving them what in the world made you think you could you could talk to somebody like me like that oh hell no so um get yourself a god who blesses you get yourself some people who are in who are in your life and bless you and then more than anything else bless yourself. Don't you say anything about yourself that you don't want to come true. And if there's something about you that still needs improvement, that's fine, but declare the end from the beginning. Speak it into existence. Say, this is what I'm becoming. Don't you dare curse yourself uh, because this thing right here, that's in your mouth, that's with you all the time. You can block other people, you can leave somebody's church, you can't get this out of your mouth. This goes with you 24 hours a day. So you better, I'm not talking about, vain boasting or being arrogant or conceited. I'm talking about blessing yourself. Speaking to yourself with kindness. Say, Never saying things to yourself that you wouldn't say to a beloved in your life. You have to be your own beloved. I can't tell you how important this is. And if you didn't get certain affirmations in your childhood that you should have gotten, I mean, believe me, I've, I have to think, of you know, there's certain things that were said to me in childhood that I really have to I have to guard them because they can easily become triggers even now. But I have learned how to not only bless myself but to bless my inner child and to say to that 7-year-old me or that 10-year-old me or that 14-year-old me, regardless of what any authority figure said to you that was soul crushing, I go back in my now and I speak to that beautiful seventh grader who was going through a struggle that the people in his life had no idea. And I think, baby, you're going to be just fine and you're going to grow up and you're going to be very happy just as you are and you're going to have love and you're going to still have a ministry and God still, lo- God has always loved you. God's not a homophobe and you're fine just like you are and you're still going to have a ministry. And I, I have to go Go back and nourish that child who still lives in me because let me tell you something that kid took a beating and because I know that I know how to speak to that inner child and not project. My unresolved issues on somebody else, because I can tell a lot of times when people have spewed verbal venom onto me, I think, man, this isn't even about me. This is about this. You're projecting this on me from somewhere else. I'm not going to listen to it, but you need to get you got a big Running cancerous sore in your spirit, and you need to get that thing healed because it's I won't be the last one. And this is what happens when you get in that horrible cycle of cursing, they curse you, and you curse them back, and they say this, and you said that. Man, you're just gonna spiral downward. If you're in that thing in a relationship where the cursing is going back and forth, one of you's got to be the adult and say, We've either got to stop this, we've either got to go to therapy and get this fixed and learn how to speak to each other, or we've got had to stop this because you know paul paul at the galatians and he said be careful that you do not bite and devour one another lest you be consumed of one another so it's not a matter of somebody just saying oh you need to you need to man up or woman up and just take it and not be so thin-skinned it's not about that at all you can't live in toxicity i mean if i was in a um a uh, viral situation where I knew there was disease in the air it would be my responsibility to protect myself from that I can't, I can't make myself vulnerable to this virus and let me tell you You grew up saying maybe sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm you. It's just the opposite. You can get over a a physical wound, but emotional wounds last forever. And I'm not trying to get us all sad and in a fetal position for 2023. I'm saying, empower yourself. Get a God who blesses you. Get some people in your life who bless you and bless yourself. You say, "Well, I don't know anybody." Well, then you know yourself. If you say, "I mean, that's pretty sad," if you don't have anybody in your life that can that can bless you, uh, I mean that that might be on you. And I tell you something else: if if you don't have any blessers in your life, then you need to start it up. Start start sending out what you want to get back. The, the energy you send out to the universe comes back to you. Maybe nobody blesses you because you don't bless anybody else. And I'm telling you, I, I have no problem at all telling somebody, that I admire that I love them and what I love about them and what I appreciate about them and um, I'm not too proud to say I don't know what I would do without you in my life I mean I, I, I know that I need people some of you in my life you know I need you and I don't make any bones about that I, I, I believe it's a divine appointment and I believe that I've been a blessing to you I believe that when you sow to me you're sowing into good ground I believe that I say things to you not just once a week but I mean I'm preaching all the time I'm posting all the time I post it it's a little revamped from something I wrote a few years ago but if you haven't read the meditation I wrote today you need to go and read it it's very powerful I love you too Riva and um um it's, it's important to be blessed. And if, if a parent didn't bless you, then have some compassion on them because they apparently didn't get nourished like they should have. But I tell you, let me tell you what I learned. And I do it with my kids. I'm, I'm on a group text with I, my group text says tribe. And it's, uh, that group text is um, Jared and Rebecca and Todd and Christina and Judah and Massey and Jonah and Sophie and sometimes Sophia and Olivia, Clementine's not old enough yet. Uh, so last night, after right after midnight, I texted, hey, hey, beautiful people, I love you all, I'm proud of you all, I'm grateful for you all, uh, have an excellent 2023 onward and upward. I have no problem telling my uh, kids how excellent I think they are, and that's why I'm constantly showing off pictures of them and bragging about them, because I know how important it is to be affirmed by a parent and if you didn't get it then there's some kind of amazing thing that happens when you bless your offspring it somehow comes full circle and blesses your inner child i don't even know how that works but it does say to your kids what you would have wanted someone to say to you and uh you'll you'll know the right thing so um, you know, this year, I will have been publicly out um, 13 years, and um, in that those 13 years, I can't tell, tell you how many young people I have heard from who ended up not committing suicide because of what I said to them, how many parents of gay kids... Uh, have said to me, wow, you completely changed my paradigm uh, of my children and and brought reconciliation to my family. Let me tell you something, that there's nothing better than that, than to know for some kid, to write me and say, My pastor says I'm an abomination. I don't even know what that word means. And for me to say, Baby, you're beautiful, just like you are. You're wonderful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're just fine. Your pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. And you know, if your parents don't affirm you, you're just gonna have to love them through it. But I can tell you, as a man of God, as a father, as a grandfather, as an elder in the community, you're Beautiful and wonderful. Nothing, and I mean nothing about you needs to change. If anything changes, it's just gonna be you becoming the best version of yourself. And to know, I mean, I can feel when I've said it to some people, they're like so desperate to hear it. It's you know how woo, you know how in Mark chapter 5 when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus and he said, who touched my garment? And the, the disciples said, what? oh, he said, who touched me? And they said, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching. He said, no, I just felt virtue come out of me. I have felt that in some conversations I've had with people, like I could tell they were so desperate to be affirmed that I felt virtue go out of me. I mean, I felt, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Like, I felt that affirmation. And to, to know, and, you know, if you need a bunch of Bible verses, I can give them to you. And, I, you know, if you need a book, I got a book. Uh, but I can tell you all the stuff that you think is wrong with you is fine with you. And, uh, and to be able to say that with confidence and not be afraid, and not go through life afraid, not be afraid of what's going to happen in the new year, it's just, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. So as we go out of 22 and in 2023, I want to say to you, you are blessed when you go out and you are blessed when you come in. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the country. You are blessed in the basket. You are blessed in the store. Blessed is the fruit of your body. Your enemies come up before you one way and flee before you seven. And the Lord prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The Lord makes you the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. As you bind mercy and truth about your neck, he gives you favor with God and man. You are thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Men and people are coming to give unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Your God supplies all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have strength for all things through Christ who empowers you. You are ready for anything and equal to anything who through him who infuses inner strength into you. That is, you are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I bless your I amness I bless your personality. I bless your dreams. I bless your visions. I bless your aspirations. I bless your hopes. I bless your plans for 2023. I bless your January, your February, your March, your April your May, your June, your July, your August, your September, your October, your November, your December. I bless all your holidays. I bless every vacation you have this year. I bless every day, every one of these 365 days. I bless you in the morning. I bless you at night. I bless you to sleep. I bless you to feel good. I bless your body to be healthy. I bless your finances. I bless your abundance. I bless you anywhere you go. I bless you when you're driving car i bless you when you're in your home no plague comes anywhere near your dwelling he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all of you your ways they shall bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you the word of god is near you in your mouth and in your heart you are blessed 2023 is blessed and let the church say amen Come on. <laughs> Y'all are emojing me everywhere. <laughs> I'm feeling all those hearts. I love it. All right. I got to go. Um, next Sunday in the theater, 11 o'clock. I want you to be there. Um, If you want to give to the ministry, go to bishinthenow.com. It couldn't be easier for you to give. Thank you for those of you who are faithful in 2022. Uh, Those of you who want to give to me personally, I've got all the cash apps. All right? You're blessed. Bye.